Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the moment we've been waiting for. I'm not going to grace you with my lyrical ability or the greatest showman theme song. But really, this is what we've been waiting for, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children and people of all ages, all genders, all sexualities. Everybody's here. Everybody's included here. It's all love on the Ethos Lakers podcast. What's up, all? Welcome in and welcome back to the Ethos Lakers podcast. I am Ethan. You're here on a solo ride. I know it's been a little while, but don't worry. I got a good story for y'all. And most importantly, we're here to celebrate a whole, what feels like a whole ass new Lakers team all of a sudden, right? Eight and 12, the vibes are good. You feel a little momentum building. They're about to go into a very challenging stretch here with a lot of games on the road, and we'll get into that. But right now, eight and 12 feels like a world of difference from what it felt like at two and 10. And, you know, we have a few people to thank for that, but most notably we have Anthony Davis. And this is where my story begins with y'all. First of all, I hope y'all had a nice Thanksgiving. You're getting ready for the holidays. This is definitely the point in the work calendar, which people have their automatic email replies turned on for Thanksgiving. They don't really want to turn them off in advance of Christmas and Hanukkah and all the holidays to come. And everybody's just kind of doing the bare minimum to get by because we all know we're trying to go into hibernation mode, right? So that's just the setup here. But fortunately for us, we're feeling very thankful for the Lakers. And they haven't gone into hibernation mode, which could have easily been done. When this team was 2-10, and 10, the Lakers could have made a panic trade. They could have pulled the plug on some experiments. A lot of things could have gone. The team could have quit on each other. All these things could have happened. The good news is it didn't. The Lakers are now 8-12, and 12, which, again, not impressive, especially given the talent on this team, but a lot better than what we saw to begin the season. And wow, what a season it has been for Anthony Davis. Now, like I said, it's been a little while, and let me tell you why. For a while, I had to record on my old device. Okay, we had a little bit of a work transition, had to give back some devices, brought back a device out of the archives, and it was giving me a lot of problems. In fact, before the Lakers went on this stretch, where they beat the Spurs three times in a week, went 4-1 and one with a win against the Pistons as well, only a tough loss against the Suns to be included there. I sat here and I tried to record a podcast, not once, not twice, but three different times. And three different times I thought it made it made it through. I thought I made it through the podcast. I delivered that Stephen A. Smith energy. We were cooking with hotter grease than what you'd find in a back alley in Louisiana. And all three times the file was corrupted. And I said, huh, must be a sign. After the first one, it was okay. I said, you know what? I could have done it better. After the second one, man, I was feeling good and I was really bummed. But after the third one, I said, ah, finally, I got it. The Rock has returned to the podcast studio. And instead, I got a big fist up my backside. But don't worry. We're back and we're here to do this. Okay? The Lakers have brought it out of me. The Lakers deserve my attention. 
The Lakers are the talking point. And like I said, that's why we're here today following a win, which again, what an important win. I mean, every win is important for these Lakers. But what an important win after such a heartbreaking loss to the Pacers. I mean, to be up by 17 points in the fourth quarter and to lose on a game-winning shot and only to lose on that game-winning shot because you gave up the offensive rebound because Tyrese Halliburton was the best player on the Lakers court since Magic Johnson or Kobe Bryant graced the hardwood. Just kidding. Okay? But to give it up to a rookie? Come on, man. Heartbreaking. Easily could have set the tone for a bad Lakers week ahead. It didn't. Now, Lakers haven't exactly been winning against the murderous row of teams here. We're talking about beating the Pistons, beating the Spurs three times, and then beating the Blazers without Damian Lillard, okay? This isn't exactly the the toughest task this team will face. Not like the task they will face against the Bucks with Chris Middleton returning to the lineup just in time to play the Lakers. Not like the, the, the task they'll face when they go to the Sixers and they'll probably have James Harden back in the lineup. Not like the test they'll face when they play Boston. Jason Tatum playing like the MVP of the NBA right now. Okay, these are real tests that the Lakers will have. But my man, Anthony Davis, oh my goodness. This is the best version of Anthony Davis we have ever seen in a Lakers uniform. This is now officially Anthony Davis's team. And, and that is even with LeBron playing out of his mind since returning from injury. Now, I've sat here on this podcast and said this season is the first time I've seen LeBron look truly human. Right? He looked like a guy in his 20th year. And at the start of the season, boy, it was bad. Couldn't hit a three to save his life. Field goal percentage, way down. Looked like he was laboring on almost every play. Almost got packed by the rim a couple times. And yes, I'm saying packed by the rim. I'm bringing it back, baby. Okay? Misses about two and a half, three weeks with that groin injury, which, you know, at this point in LeBron's career, you got to brace for him to miss some time, either by design or by injury. The man is in his 20th year. Can we just talk about what he's done since returning? And this is all going to be a credit to AD. Because remember, I just sat here and told you, this is now AD's team. It's official. We're out of the LeBron era. We're into the AD era. Okay? That's where we are. And I know the Lakers gave up a buttload of picks and pick swaps to get Anthony Davis. But you know what? Still better than the Paul George trade. And you know what? Lonzo Ball can't even walk. And you know what? Josh Hart, good player, not a great player. And you know what? Brandon Ingram, really good player. Will he ever be a great player? We'll see. I still believe in him. And I know everybody wants to talk about the Wemby pick swap and all this. The Lakers weren't going to be in that conversation anyway, so just stop it. Okay? Oh, and by the way, Lakers still have a championship as a result of the trade. I'm, I'm just done with this, this, you know, fidgeting around with the trade. I'm done with this. Okay? Since LeBron has got back on the court, which includes a back-to-back, by the way, four games, Since he's gotten back on the court, LeBron is averaging 28 points, 8.3 rebounds, 4.8 assists. So that's down. His assists are down a little bit, but that's okay. Because he's been active defensively. And most importantly, after being, I mean, abysmal from the three-point line to start the season. Abysmal. Brick City. Due to 17 of 34 from three over the last four games. 17 of 34, that's 50%. Some quick maths for you. 50% from three. If LeBron is going to shoot it even 35% from three, they're going to have to respect him, which opens up so much more for this Lakers team, which opens up so much for, for LeBron himself. 
50% from three. That I mean, outstanding. If LeBron can hover around 37%, oh, you're talking about game-changing things for this Lakers team. All of that said, Anthony F. Davis. And the F ain't for friendly. This is what we expected. This is what a dominant player looks like. This is what an MVP looks like. Yeah, I'll say it. Because if the Lakers weren't 8-12, and 12, he'd be in that conversation too. Okay? In November, the month of November, we are now into December, which is crazy. It's crazy that it's about to be 2023. Shit, I'm still processing 2020. I think a lot of, a lot of us are, right? So AD. And by the way, you heard anything about the back recently? Because I haven't. Right? I have not. 27.2 points, 13 and a half rebounds, two and a half blocks. But wait, it gets better. 58.4% from the field, highest mark as a Laker, not even close. 30% from three. Remember, he couldn't even shoot last year, couldn't make a free throw, let alone a three. He shot 18% from three last year. Now, he's not taking a lot of threes, nor should he. I don't want him on the perimeter. I don't want him floating in space. I want him down low where he's been doing his business on the glass, in the lane, being a defensive factor and presence. You love to see it. But he's still knocking 30% from downtown. Should have had a four-point play if Schroeder had been able to connect on a free throw last night. 83.3% from the foul line. And he's going a ton. This is what dominance looks like. This every night, every team that they're lining, against, lining up against knows Anthony Davis is on a mission. And guess what? It doesn't matter. This is the most active I've seen Anthony Davis in two years. At least. At least. Which tells me he's feeling good. Which tells me Darvin Ham, for all the struggles this Lakers team has had... He has really tapped into this team. Russell Westbrook, as as frustrating as, as he can be to watch. I mean, it's perfect, perfect example in this game. Perfect example in this win against the Blazers. He comes in the game in the first quarter. Immediately blows by his defender, goes right to the rim, breaks it off the backboard. It goes three feet off the glass. Like, how does that even happen? Comes down the next play, bricks the three. Two minutes later, he hits his first three, then hits a shot to end it at halftime, then hits a half-court shot to end the third quarter. I mean, the Russell Westbrook experience is not for the faint of heart. Let's just put it like that, okay? But I'm also ready to say that, you know what? Like I've said before here, Russell Westbrook is of more value to this team than Patrick Beverly. Dennis Schroeder, of more value to this team than Patrick Beverly. Notice that Patrick Beverly is starting to take a back seat on this team. Good thing the Lakers traded Taylor Horton Tucker for him. And this isn't an endorsement of THT. This is just one of those things where you go, really? You wouldn't trade THT at the deadline last year to improve the team? You flipped him for a veteran who's a smaller, less athletic version of him, and now he's third on his own point guard depth chart. All these things. It makes you wonder what the Lakers could look like. Because you know when they played the Pacers and they had that heartbreaking loss, you know, everybody was watching Miles Turner and Buddy Heal. Buddy Heal was terrible, by the way. Terrible. More I watch Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, the more I'd say, you know what? If anything, the Lakers really should just be after Miles Turner. But do they need to be with how Thomas Bryan has played? Do they need to be with the minutes Anthony Davis has taken up at center right now? I don't know. I need to see more of Thomas Bryan. Lakers fans need to see more of Thomas Bryan. 
Because Thomas Bryant might be the in-house Miles Turner. Okay? And I'm not saying that Thomas Bryant is as good or as skilled or as talented as Miles Turner. But the skill set is very similar. Rim running big. Can defend. Can shoot the three. Athletic. And you got to remember, Thomas Bryant, yeah, he's gone through some injury issues. But he doesn't have the mileage on his body. And the Lakers, even though they played a banged-up Blazers team, right? No Damian Lillard, no Josh Hart. Hey, they didn't have Lonnie Walker. Hey, they didn't have Troy Brown. Juan Toscano-Anderson. I mean, really. I've, I've talked about how painful the Juan Toscano-Anderson experience has been for this Lakers team so far. couple things. One is, on a night where both Lonnie Walker and Troy Brown Jr., on a team that's already short of wings, were not in uniform. JTA couldn't get on the floor except for crunch time. or And that was, you know, sorry, not crunch time. Blowout time at the end of the game. I mean, he has taken the Kent Bazemore role on this team and brought it to new, uh, a new echelon of greatness. And I say that with my sarcasm voice. He has been terrible. What a waste of a signing. Waste. Right? Guys were playing over him. Wenyan Gabriel, Max Christie, Kendrick Nunn. Sorry, I still don't think Kendrick Nunn should be in this rotation. I just, I don't, I, I don't get it. It feels like Darvin Ham's forcing it a little bit. Austin Reeves should be in the starting lineup no matter who's on the court. Right? I, I mean, personally, I'm in favor of, of, of making a change to the starting lineup when everybody's healthy. Schroeder in and Austin Reeves in. Troy Brown Jr. out. Patrick Beverly out. Reeves has been playing out of his mind. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Field goal percentage is up 10%. Three-point percentage is up 6 or 7%. Free throw percentage up almost 10% among the top 10 in the league. You know, I was watching Miami-Boston. And I look at who Miami has on the court, especially with no Jimmy Butler on the lineup. And I say, they're playing with Max Struess and Gabe Vincent and, you know, these guys who, if they were on the Lakers, Lakers fans would be complaining. And yet, we nobody talks about Miami as, oh, they play with a bunch of crust around their key guys. Now, Miami's player development system has been great. They have a good track record. But you know what? The Lakers player development system ain't, so bad either. Look at the draft history. Look at how the players have fared since. Now, you can never just say, this is one of my pet peeves when people talk and debate what the Lakers could have done, should have done, would have done, all these things, all these hypotheticals that have no bearings in reality. It's one of my pet peeves. It's when you say, oh, look at the player Jordan Clarkson has become. Oh, look at Julius Randle. Oh, look at this guy. They're not getting those same opportunities in different constructs. Sometimes guys have to go elsewhere, right? Like, you watch Jordan Clarkson when he shared the court with Kobe early in his career. Dude stood and watched Kobe. 
like he was a fan. And it's hard not to do that when you play with great players, especially when you're wet behind the ears. Okay? It's hard not to do that. But just to say, oh, this player would have become this here, could have become this here, and the Lakers could have all these guys. It's not how it works. When you go back in time and change one thing, everything else that follows changes it. Okay? So so stop with that. To go back to the episodes that weren't, when I told you to start this particular episode, right? All my trials and tribulations that it made, that, that made this podcast a reality that I'm sitting here doing today. I sat here and I said, during this stretch of time, the Lakers need to have two things happen. The Lakers can't go worse than four and one. They got to beat the Spurs all three times and they got to beat the Pistons. The Suns are going to be a tough game. I sat here and said it apparently to myself, unfortunately, right? And we got to see a dominant Anthony Davis. We have to see Anthony Davis be this version of Anthony Davis, no matter who's on the court with him, whether it's Wenyan Gabriel and Kendrick Nunn or LeBron James, Austin Reeves, and, and anyone else who's out there. It has to be this version. And by the way, shout out to Wenyan Gabriel. Because this is a dude who nobody wanted to take a chance on. Lakers brought back and everyone said, all right, I mean, I guess the end of the bench, he won't play anyway. That dude is just everywhere on the court every time he's out there. Is he a perfect player? Absolutely not. But has he made real strides with the Lakers? And is he a now legitimate NBA rotation player? Yes. He might weigh 122 pounds soaking wet, but it doesn't matter. Right? A shout out to you, Wendy. And I know you weigh at least 125. Just kidding, pal. All right, but the point is, these Lakers believe in each other. They're having fun. Couldn't say that last year. Couldn't say that to begin this year, that's for sure. And I know somebody, there will be somebody who says, you got through this whole podcast, you didn't talk about the LeBron thing, the comment he made in defense of Kyrie. So let me just address it really quickly, because I've been very vocal about Kyrie. I think... What Basically, what LeBron said was that, why are we talking about Kyrie? You asked me about Kyrie, but you don't ask me about Jerry Jones. And if you're not familiar with the story, picture surfaced of Jerry Jones when he was younger growing up and they were desegregating schools. That Jerry Jones was not maybe not in favor of that. Okay? And I don't disagree with LeBron. I think that should be a point of conversation. I think that no matter who's involved, current athletes, but especially owners, right? We talk about athletes like they're wealthy. Athletes are rich. LeBron is wealthy, but owners, owners are wealthy, right? And you want to talk about class construct and how most owners, you know, uh, are are not necessarily uh, coming from minority um, backgrounds and contexts and religions and races and all these things, right? A lot of white males in ownership in pro sports. So I think that is a narrative worth pursuit, but to tie it to the Kyrie piece, It felt a little odd. It felt like a weird time to do it, a weird segue. It felt just like weird, you know? Those two things can be their own things. They don't have to be if this, then that, right? What Kyrie chose to do was totally on his own volition in real time, right? And I'm not excusing what Jerry Jones did all those years ago. That should be a conversation, and he should have something to say about that. Those answers should be there. There should be accountability there. But it didn't happen in real time. This isn't. This did not happen yesterday, right? So if we're going to go back through and comb through history, then we need to do it like that for everybody. But the reason that Kyrie was asked about was because, hey, well, you know, LeBron, you have a personal relationship, your ex-teammates. So to sit there and say, you know, I don't know why you guys asked me about this, but not that. Mm, I'm going to argue with you a little bit on that. 
But the overall point is valid and very fair. Okay, so I just wanted to make sure we included that. But as it relates to the Lakers on the court, man, you have to like what you're seeing right now. You have to, right? My curiosity moving forward for this Lakers team will be how do they stack up against the better teams? I think that's the biggest question everybody's still waiting to have answered, right? And what will the starting lineup look like? Because Troy Brown has played a lot of minutes and not made the biggest impact. He knows how to use his length well. I wish he were a better shooter, but he knows how to use his length well. But I I feel like he doesn't really know what the Lakers want to do out there as much as some of the other guys do. And Patrick Beverly has done nothing in this starting lineup for me. Every time he shoots a three-point shot, it looks like he's he's, uh, trying to do a shot put, like hucking it through the basket. It's like it's taking all of his strength to shoot that basketball. It's weird. And defensively, he just hasn't been so good where he's irreplaceable or something like that. Keep Schroeder in the starting lineup. Put Reeves in instead of Troy Brown. That's your best five, right? Schroeder, LeBron, AD, Reeves, love it. And Lonnie Walker. I wonder if they'll get cute and try Thomas Bryant in the first five. Because if you try Thomas Bryant in the first five and you push Anthony Davis down to the four, it gets interesting, right? And I think we're going to see more Thomas Bryant as this season continues, as long as he continues to play well and his health holds up. Remember, over the summer when it was Thomas Bryant and Damian Jones, people were like, oh, well, we'll see. (laughs) We've seen it. Damian Jones, sorry. Fun story. Can be athletic. Not a rotation NBA center. Absolutely not. I would rather have Thomas Bryant. I would rather have Wenyan Gabriel take those minutes. Not even a close conversation for me at this point. Okay? He and JTA are on the same same wavelength when it comes to that sort of stuff. And now the Lakers, a team that started 2-10. and ten. I mean, really think about that. 2-10. and ten. They're now 8-12. and 12. They've gone 6-2 and two over the last 8. And really, it should have been 7-1. and one, Save for that last-minute shot with the Pacers. Last minute, last second shot, really. So, I mean, and, and if you, the Lakers were 9 and 11 today instead of 8 and 12, you feel a little better. Every win matters. But 8 and 12 is still an okay place to be given the parody in the NBA. If you would have told any Lakers fan two weeks ago, hey, when the dust settles, this team's going to be around 500 and, you know, has a chance, basically, uh, is going to be at least a play in team. A lot of Lakers fans would laugh at you. They'd say, yeah, okay, not this team. I mean, it was embarrassing to watch Lakers basketball. Rob Palenka, who earned an extension for just existing, has said nothing publicly. Jeannie Buss has said nothing publicly. Last time we heard from Jeannie publicly, literally, it was an endorsement of how Russell Westbrook was the Lakers' best player last year. The only criticism I have right now, besides the need for, you know, actually articulating anything publicly... Lakers waved Matt Ryan. Don't want to get off this episode without saying that. Lakers waved Matt Ryan after the win. Could you have done it in the morning and not soured the taste of that win a little bit? Probably. I mean, he was mucking it up with AD and LeBron on the sidelines afterwards. Seemed like he was a really well-liked guy in that locker room. But ahead of the December 15th trade window opening, Lakers want some flexibility. I understand it. Matt Ryan, amazing story. I mean, literally just an amazing story. Is he an NBA player? He's right on the fringe. But he's, I mean, as, as miraculous as that three-point shot he made against the Pelicans was, it's really the only thing he's done all year. Okay? 
So we'll see what that means for the Lakers. But man, somebody joked on Twitter. They said, hey, Jeannie needed to save some money after two fans hit the half-court shot two nights in a row for 100 grand. Couldn't help but laugh in relation to waving Matt Ryan. But Matt Ryan's got friends. For, I mean, he's got friendships for life, memories for life. He played for the Lakers. I mean, th- dude, he's going to be all right, man. He might get picked up by another team, and you know, Lakers fans will still root for him unless, unless he's playing the Lakers. But he's going to be all right. Okay, that's life. The Lakers now have this opportunity to prove to the rest of the league. Now, if the Lakers come out on Friday and they somehow beat the Bucs with a healthy Chris Middleton in the lineup, with Giannis in the lineup, then, not, then they're going to get some real attention. Because everyone who bitches and moans about the Lakers being everywhere, they should have fewer primetime games. We don't want to talk about them. Man, people can't keep this name out their mouth. I mean, every ESPN, Sports Center, Instagram post has to do with the Lakers, right? When they lost to the Pacers last minute, they, they ran the quote that Benedict Matherin said before the draft. I don't think I'm worse than nobody. LeBron's going to have to prove he's better than me. And then they put side-by-side, side-by-side stats to say, oh, Matherin had a better night than LeBron. Okay, dude. Okay, boss. Sounds good. Makes sense, right? Am I better at math than a five-year-old who just learned how to add and subtract? Probably. Definitely, by the way. But, but I guess those are the types of comparisons we're going to make. The low-hanging fruit. We cater to an audience that's largely you know, uneducated, so our takes should be uneducated too. This is my pet peeve in media. This is, this is part of the reason why it drove me out of the full-time sphere. If you want to have smarter people consuming content and you want to create better content, stop pandering to the dumb. Stop pandering to the low-hanging fruit. Stop running stories that are not stories. But in this age where just content and clicks is king, I guess that's a big ask, right? I guess that's a big ask. So glad to be part of a group that does not do that. So glad to be part of a, of a group that aspires to have that quality over the quantity. Because clicks with a Z are not all that matters. What I hope for this Lakers team is that they remain competitive in every game. And what I really liked, what I really liked about this win against the Blazers is that the third quarter wasn't an issue for the Lakers. They came out and owned it. Hope to see more of that moving forward as well. If the Lakers win three out of every four quarters and really set the tone in, the, in both halves, but especially the second half, they're going to be all right. There are going to be games that they lose because there are teams that are better than they are. But there are going to be games that they win because they have more talent. If you would have said over under 45 wins before this season started, most Lakers fans probably would have said eh, something like that, right? Because you got Anthony Davis, you got LeBron James, you got a lot of question marks around them otherwise. That included Russell Westbrook. Now we're saying about 40 to 43 wins. And most Lakers fans are saying, eh, maybe, right? But boy, that's a lot better than it was two or three weeks ago. So it's been a long season for these Lakers. It's been a hard ride for a lot of fans. So you know what? Enjoy the, celebra- the celebratory moments. Find reasons to spark the joy. Find reasons to enjoy the consumption of Lakers basketball. Because if it just feels like a chore, then it's not enjoying it. We're all here to have a good time. Okay? And hopefully by listening to this podcast, it only enhances and amplifies the experience. Look forward to being back with you soon. I think JC will do a solo one after Lakers next game, and then we'll be back together in no time. Okay, appreciate you listening. As always, you find us on Twitter at Ethos Lakers. Find me at Ethan underscore Noroff. Talk to you guys soon. We out. 
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hero.co. 